I was saying this morning uh, how hungry I am. You know, it's a sad thing as a Christian when you stop getting hungry. Amen. Last night we watched, I worked it out, we watched four preachers, Phil. We did. And I was saying it got to about 11 and we just watched T.D. Jakes. Who knows you can't go to sleep after you watch T.D. Jakes. (laughs) There's something, hallelujah, rising up inside you somewhere. And I've never seen anyone get a hold of Aussies and make them jump on seats so naturally. (laughs) He's amazing. Anyway, so we watched him and then it got to about 11 o'clock. And and Phil said, oh, come on, we better get some sleep. I said, I'm still hungry. Can we have some more, one more? (laughs) And so we watched another one took us after midnight and um, I went to bed hungry because you know what happens you just get hungrier the more that you get filled with God the more that you want to be filled with God because who knows that his infilling is endless and limitless it doesn't stop it doesn't when you get filled you can't get too full because what happens it just spills out and your cup overflows all over everybody around you and so you go get filled again and then you go spill it out you see you're not supposed to give out of an empty cup Uh, you're not supposed to meet someone in the street and say I've got a couple of drops left for you doll see if I can wring the old cloth out yeah oh I feel so blessed from your two drops and then you walk away like (laughs) <laughs> who knows that feeling <laughs> who knows we're not supposed to live like that who knows we're supposed to live filled and overflowing who knows we're supposed to be a cup that overflows and just wherever we go we're just going to spill out on a, on a dry and a thirsty world Who knows you're supposed to be the light of the world? And who knows that light is supposed to be brighter than the darkness around you? I was speaking with Vicky after church today. And it's so good to speak to young people who really want to make a difference. I love that. Young people, come and talk to me if you want to make a difference because you charge me up when you speak to me like that. And when you sit down and have a cup of coffee with a young girl... How old are you, Vicky? 18, yeah? You are 19. Turning 19. See, when you get to my age, you never say, I'm turning anything. You don't even say, I'm almost. You just don't say. You just stop. I'm wearing my pregnant dress tonight. I don't know why they make these fashions that make you look pregnant. But anyway, I thought it was appropriate because I'm pregnant. Now, I'm not pregnant in the physical relax, relax Phil it's alright it's, it's my pregnant dress Look, you've got to walk around sucking it in when you wear these <laughs> but I am pregnant and I'm pregnant with something from God, amen and tonight I want to impregnate you with something that is going to make you more passionate this week to seek God it's going to make the light inside of you a lot brighter. 
that's going to make your cup a lot fuller so you can overflow onto other people. Amen? You know, God is very passionate about light. When we look at Genesis, we said that, well, we'll have a look. Genesis, we'll just have a look at that scripture, Genesis. Chapter 1, of course, and verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Do you know, God has always been in the business of separating light from darkness. Because God is light, amen? If you went right now to live in heaven, can you just turn my fall back just up a little? If you went right now to live in heaven, you would see that God lives in unapproachable light. In fact, when you go to be there, you're not going to need the sun, the moon, or any false lights because the light of God lights the whole place up. Amen? So God is light, and there's no shadow of turning in Him. But the first thing He did in creation was that He separated light and darkness. He made a distinction, this is light and this is darkness. And then He began to pour that distinction into the Garden of Eden. They lived in light. They lived in the glory of God. They walked with God. But when they turned from God and fell, the light within them went out. The pile of light within them, that was God. The glory of God within them went out. And man began to walk in darkness. And God was desperate to bring light back. And we see him in the scriptures continually revealing himself in light. Amen. If you have a look... um, when he set up the, 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 the law and he placed candles like this in the Holy of Holies, he said, light the candles, let the priests light the candles and let the fire not go out. Let it not go out day or night on the altar. Keep the light burning because the light of God had been put out in man. There had to be an artificial light, amen. There had to be that light that still connected man with God in that, in that holy place. Then we see Moses, we see Moses, and we see him, you know, being called by God. What is he called by God? A burning bush experience. God reveals himself again in light and in fire. Amen. And he shows Moses. And then Moses goes, gets the people, and he takes them out of Egypt. And how does God lead them? He leads them by cloud by day, fire by night, a pillar of fire at night. God is revealing himself in light all the time. Amen. He's desperately trying to restore what was lost in that garden in mankind. All the way through the Old Testament, he's trying to restore the light back onto the earth because someone turned the lights out. Amen. See, Jesus is the light of the world. When Jesus was born, when Jesus was introduced to this world, no longer was there needed artificial light to be in the hearts of mankind. But Jesus came as the light of heaven, the light of the world, and put a light inside of us. Amen. He restored to us everything that was taken in the garden. And now again, the distinction came between light and darkness in us. And we can make a choice. We could say, I want to be in the light. 
I want the light inside of me to come alive. The light that was in the Holy of Holies. The light of God, the glory of God burst through when the temple was curtain was rent in two and came out into the world and came to live in us. Amen. And Jesus said, I have to go away, but I'll leave another. And he said, wait in the upper room. Wait in the upper room until you receive power. How did the power come? Through a light, through a fire, through holy fire. The Pentecostal experience came through fire and light. And they were filled with light and they were filled with power. Not just the light of Jesus now of salvation, but now they were filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. They were supposed to be the light of the world. We were supposed to be the light of the world. They went out and 3,000 were converted in a day. They were the light. The light got turned on. Suddenly there was a light in the darkness and people began to be drawn to the light. They wanted to see the light. Why? Because these disciples were carrying light. They walked in the light as Jesus walked in the light. They beheld him. And you become like what you behold. Amen. But time passes, doesn't it? And what do we want to do? We want to, again, put Jesus in a box. We want to, again, put him in a religious system where we hide him behind a curtain. We want to, again, put our, our, our structures around him and put stuff around him and we, get, we die. And the light goes out again. Look at the dark ages. What do we call it? Dark ages. The light went out. Amen. And then God sends a revival and he lights the blaze again and we get our hearts set on fire and he sets his people on fire and then the light goes out again. Since the beginning of time, God's been trying to get this light to be turned on, to stay on. Amen. And to be passed from generation to generation to generation and not go out. Amen. He is still saying, keep the fire burning on the altar. Don't let it go out. You know, Moses had a fire in his heart for God. And he passed it on to Joshua. Joshua had a fire in his heart and he went and did extraordinary things for God. He took the people into the promised land and he was passionate. The walls of Jericho fell and he took on, on all the armies and all the giants and he took them on for the people of God. But he never passed that fire on. And that's why we have the book of Judges straight after that. Amen. Because the people never had a fire a leader who had fire in his heart again because it was never passed on. You know what my greatest fear is? My greatest fear is that the revivals that we've experienced, even in 1993, that the fire will go out and the next generation will never learn what it's like to be a blaze for God. I don't know what it's like for you, but I just feel like I need to keep the fire on the altar of my heart burning. And whatever it takes, I know I need to keep that fire burning. Not just for me, but for the generation to come. I've got to keep this fire. I will not be put in a religious box, amen. For my sake and for the sake of my children and my children's children, I have to stay ablaze with God. I have to stay alive. I have to be a light. I don't want the light to go out in me. Amen. Because if it goes out in me, what will my children carry? Amen. It's like the torch that gets passed at the Olympics, isn't it? They take it from country to country and they pass it. Keep the, keep the torch alight. Keep it alight. Keep it alight. Keep it alight. 
when I pass this over to my children and say, this is your church, take it. This is the building we built for you, go. I want that building to be ablaze with the fire of God and with the holiness of God and with the power of God, amen. Not a religious institution. We're not suffering and and paying a price and, and, and laying our lives down to build another religious institution. Do you know what? The world doesn't want a religious institution. It wants people that are on fire. You know why? Because they live in a terrible darkness and they're looking for a light. Amen? They're looking for someone to switch the light on for them. They live in darkness. The scriptures say this, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. See, darkness is over the peoples of the earth. A deep darkness is over the peoples of the earth. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory shall be seen. Amen. That scripture hasn't been fulfilled yet. It's a prophetic scripture that has not been fulfilled. Who will be the generation that will fulfill it? Who will be the generations that will fulfill it? Who will be the ones that will arise and say, let it be me, God? And I was thinking about it. I was thinking about what is it that makes the light and the fire go out? What is it that causes the fire in our hearts to become dim in our Western culture? And you know what? It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. What it is, is everything that we put first before God. The little things. Let me read you the scripture. Luke 9, starting at 57. I'll just read it because for time's sake. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, this is Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Luke 9:59. he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how many firsts do we have in our lives? How many of you would be coming home from work, perhaps, and you've had dinner and you just sit down and you hear the Holy Spirit call you, Come away with me. Come and be with me. And you say, oh, I will, but I just want to watch this movie first. What about Jesus is calling some young people, even older people? Come on, I need you to live right for me so I can win this generation to God. Yeah, but just let me have some fun first. And then I will. Amen. I need you to be passionate for me. Yeah, but let me get married first. I'm getting married this year in December. 
<laughs> and all I can think about is the wedding. So just let me get married first, then I'll get passionate for you. Amen. Let me have the first year of my marriage just hanging out with my husband or wife, and then I'll get passionate for you. Amen. How many firsts are there in your life? Little things. Little things. I'm going to go and be with God, and the phone rings. I just got to answer the phone first. <laughs> and how many of you know that that distraction, God never happens? I'm going to go read my Bible. I might just read this novel first. You know, it's not a big deal, the things that put out the fire of God, because we're under grace. It's really the little things. It's those little everyday firsts that really rob us of the light and the glory of God. What if we always just say, as Scripture says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You see, Brian Houston said this, I'll quote him. He said, you can never, no, if you put God first, you will never come in second. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things, all the things that you wanted to do first, you're going to do them and they're going to happen and you're still going to live life. You can still have fun. You can still answer the phone. You can still watch a movie. But just do God first. Swap it around. So when a movie's calling to you, say, all right, I want to watch a movie, but first, I just want to go and pray for half an hour. You probably never want to watch the movie then. Because <laughs> you'll look at the movie and go, no comparison. Amen. I want to live for you, God. And I'm going to do that first. And then you can show me how I can have fun while living for you. All these things will be added to you. Amen. Thanks, coach. <laughs> You're saying you've got five, darling. You're doing well, doing well. <laughs> He's counting. <laughs> it's just because you're in love with me. You have to say that. You're biased, yeah. You're biased. Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, there's a couple of things that God puts first and one of those was seek first the kingdom of God. Another thing he says is this. I hold this against you in Revelations 2.4. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. 
If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. How many of you know when you, when you, when you, when you just put off, when you keep putting other things, shh, when you keep putting other things first and you keep saying to God, later, the distance between you and God begins to grow, Amen. So you're right here, you're right with God, you've just had an encounter with God, you've just been revived, you've just been in that place where He's spoken to you, you're just on fire for Him, and it's just so beautiful, and it's so wonderful, and the next day, you say, look, I just feel so good, I feel like I have to pray today, it's just like I'm just, you know, it's just the afterglow of love, and I can just bask, and it's so wonderful, thanks for that yesterday, God, and I'm just right now, and then the next day comes, and you go... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm just feeling a little bit distant from God, but I reckon I can go another day. I Come away with me. But yeah, the first, you know, what about us as pastors? Well, first, I've got 50 phone calls to make. I've got a couple of people that are visiting hospital. I've got to go there. I've got to do that. There's a couple of people that are a bit crabby with me. I need to get them right first. And then you move away a bit further. You see? Now, God hasn't moved. You see? But as you move away from the light, the source of light, what happens? What happens? The distinction between light and darkness begins to change and you begin to get grey. You begin to get darker. You can't think so straight. And suddenly you're trying to pray and you just think, do I even believe in him? I mean, what is this all about? And then you come to church, everybody's raising their hand, pressing in, you look at them going, sure, I used to feel like that. And then you realize your back's little. And you love God. And Benny Hinn says, you've got to fight your way back. There's going to be devils, there's going to be distractions, there's going to be everything, but you've got to fight your way. You're not going to be able to just start praying and bang, you're back here unless you have another encounter. Amen. And they don't happen every day. Sometimes God makes you work a little harder than that. Just so you won't get so far. You know, a lot of people get delivered of cigarettes, get delivered of addictions straight away. And I think that's great. But I thank God I had to work for my addictions because I'll never go back there. Amen. It was so hard to get rid of it. I'm never going to go back. Amen. And sometimes it's too easy to get to God. You just take that for granted. He knows that. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill. Another thing, another thing that, that God has put down as first, an important first to Him. Let me say this to you. If all it's about is you getting saved and then just staying in an equilibrium, we must well just go home right now. Amen. I'm looking around this room, everybody's saved. Amen. Well, we might as well just go home. I mean, if, it's all, if that's all it's about, is that the light of God gets reconnected with you, you come alive, you fall in love with God, He falls in love with you, just go home. But it's more than that. You've been given something. You've been given a gift from God so that you can give it away. Amen. A very important first for God is found in Mark 13.10. And he said, And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. 
He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. First love. Keep your first love. Keep your first love. And then he says, and first the gospel must be preached to all nations. If you're doing those three things, you're probably doing good. Amen. Because the light's going to be a light in you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we just think that somebody else is going to carry the light for us. It's cool. I can just do what I want all week. Because when I get to church, Pastor Phil's going to be so on fire. He's going to lay his hands on me. And then I'll just get filled with light again. And then I'll just go and live how I want all week. And then I'll go back to church on Sunday. And if Pastor Phil hasn't got it, if he's having a bad week, I'll go to Pastor David. Because he's got it sometimes. And sometimes Pastor Julie's got it. If they're really bad, I'll just go to Andrew. Because Andrew was on fire on Friday night, I heard. And, you know, he just preached up a storm and laid hands on the young people. So I'll just... I'll just go around getting fire starters. Amen? You know, I don't have to come my own fire. <laughs> you know, God looks down at us and he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So, shine. Now, I know what it's like to be a parent, amen, and God is a parent. This kid said one day, he wrote it in his little news thing for school. He said, oh, God's got a really hard job because he just gets these kids right and then these ones muck up. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what it's like, isn't it? And I know with my kids, I can just like walk into my house and the washing up needs doing, right? And you just go, hey, can somebody wash up? Who knows that when you come in later, it's not done. Because there's no somebody. Yeah, somebody doesn't live there because... Jesse thought that Julie was going to do it and Jamie thought that Julie was going to and Jesse and then but I did it yesterday and then she did it last week and then Gemma says but I'm too little and everybody's just going oh but God doesn't say can somebody turn on the light he says you are the light and if you want to get more distinctive in that he says Andrew you're the light amen Debbie you're the light and do the dishes, Andrew. I'm teaching him. Actually, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good, pretty good son-in-law, almost. He's got a couple more months. Amen. You know, one day we're going to stand in that unapproachable light, and you'll never have to keep your little light going again. How many, you know, you'll enter into the complete rest of God. Or it's like, oh, I don't have to do nothing. I'm just going to get under the fig tree with Bill. And we're just going to laugh our lives away eternally. Amen. In the light. We're just going to the dance, the light of God. Woo. And, you know, but for now, it takes a bit of effort. Amen. I just want to do one thing in closing. I want you all to come out the front one at a time. Get a candle, and I want you to light there, and then just come and stand on the altar. It's pretty cool, and I want to show you something, just as a demonstration of what I'm trying to say. Just make sure the little kids don't have candles, but the, the, the medium-sized ones can, I don't mind, but not the little kids. Okay, now look at us. Amen. We're the body of Christ. We're the light of the world, Okay. Now, let's just say everybody that is 11 and under 
is just not feeling like loving God today. So I want you to blow out your candles because your light just went out. Can't be bothered. Having a bad hair day. Everyone 11 and under. Yeah. Well, we still got some light, okay? It made a bit of difference. Just listen, parents. Don't think your kids just go to kids' church and stay out of your way so you can do your Christian life. It makes a lot of difference when their lights aren't shining. Amen. Makes a lot of difference to the light of the world. Amen. Now, another people that we don't think a lot of is the older people. So everyone over 50, blow yours out and say, well, they don't care about us. We're just going to retire. We're going to go on holidays and just forget about it. Who wants to keep the light? Amen. Okay. Now, all the young people... We're just going to go clubbing. We're going to do stuff. I'm talking about everybody. I'm going to say under 20 right now. Just 20. Under 20. We're going to go clubbing. Listen, I just turned 18. I'm allowed to drink now so I can do what I want. I've got my license. Stuff my parents. I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. All that stuff. And my, I'm just my light's going out right now. So everyone under 20. Come on, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please keep the light burning on the altar. Okay, now I want all the people that consider themselves to be intercessors. You've been distracted. You just don't want to pray anymore. You're tired. You've had enough. All the intercessors blow out your lights. Okay. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's lift our hands in church. Come on. Let's love God. Everyone that's got a light, lift it up. Well, guys, watch the roof of the tent. Don't burn a hole in it, Tim. Because <laughs> we're just powering, guys. It's all right. We can carry you all. Okay. Oh, no. What happened? Oh, no. All the men just got so busy at work that they just can't pray anymore. And all the men blow out your lights. Okay, come on. You're a man, Phil. <laughs> now, there's only a couple of us left, but we can keep the fire burning on the altar, can't we, guys? Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Oh, 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 I'm tired. I don't know if the pastor can hold all this together by myself if my husband hasn't gone bushwalking for a week. (laughs) All the women, you're just too tired now. You just gotta, the women that are left, you can't do it anymore. Just can't do it anymore. You're a woman, Amanda. (laughs) I am too, but I'm the pastor.
need to bring the people out of darkness. Come on, let's just sing another song. Come on, everybody lift your hands. Amen. Amen. Turn the light on. little heart of mine I'm gonna let it shine let 